Welcome into another episode of WeatherWise. Of course, it is Wednesday and it is September 9th and we are talking about extreme weather. And the extreme weather is actually happening all around the globe as we speak, but it seems to really be concentrated across the western tier of the United States. And we're going to concentrate on that and what's happening because it's kind of a triple threat uh, going on across the west coast. There's dangerous heat breaking and shattering records all across the west coast areas that don't typically see the heat as high as it's been and then of course we've had wildfires going on all across the west coast as well and snow yes snow and it's still technically summer so anyway that's what we're going to be talking about today in this episode of weatherwise thanks again for uh, downloading this uh, podcast and giving it a listen. And of course, I am Chief Meteorologist Daniel Johnson here at 47 ABC News. And today I am speaking with uh, Meteorologist Ulysses Garcia. Looks like Ulysses is pushing the numbers on his phone. I'm just kidding. Uh, we heard your dial tone or pushing a number. Um, so how are you doing, Ulysses? Oh, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, definitely uh, interesting weather out west. Yeah, uh, kind of wish. Some, I know some of us kind of wish it would. Uh, it would get here at least. You know the cooler part of it. You know. <laughs> right. So there's a hot part, a cold part. There's so much going on across the West Coast, and that's what we're going to talk about. And of course, you guys have probably noticed Ulysses is calling in today. He worked the morning. He worked the morning shift the other day, so we're just giving him a little bit of a break and some uh, time off at home. Uh, so he's calling in. So thanks again, Ulysses, for joining me for this podcast. And let's get started. Um, I guess we can first talk about the heat that kind of started the whole thing. And it, it actually began, uh, you know, a few weeks ago with uh, some dangerous heat moving in across the West Coast. Uh, we had San Francisco actually climbing above 100, which is crazy. San Francisco doesn't typically see heat um, that high and temperatures that high, I should say. And there were thunderstorms out across the West that helped to spark some wildfires. And those wildfires, uh, wildfires, I should say, really began uh, in the middle to end of August, around August 18th, 19th or so. Uh, the governor of California really started tracking uh, wildfires that were creating uh, problems across the West Coast. And the wildfires have been a major problem, right, Ulysses? A lot of people have been forced to evacuate their homes. Um, some locations, actually some towns, uh, even in Washington state, so it's not just California. Um, there's one town uh, in Washington that had 80% of its homes and buildings totally damaged. And the town is called Malden, and that's just uh, 35 miles south of Spokane. Um, so a lot of craziness going on in the West. No, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Uh, you know, the West, it's uh, you know, it's been hot, and also, the, you know, the fact that with these wildfires, like, you know, like anything else, uh, uh, you know, you have those thunderstorms, those dry thunderstorms, and then obviously, you know, it doesn't help when these areas are also dealing with, uh, you know, droughts. Uh, right. You know, especially something that, uh, you know, when I, looking at a drought monitor, it tends to be, uh, it's been showing a lot more out West than it has out East, that is for sure. Yeah, and a lot of the fires, and you just mentioned it, thunderstorms, um, especially those dry thunderstorms with, you know, a lot of lightning, 
these storms, these wildfires, I should say, um, initially began because of a lot of lightning strikes in the middle of August. And that really started a lot of these fires. But I don't know if a lot of people have been following lately, but one of the biggest fires that has kind of formed in the past several, several days was the El Dorado fire in San, Bernard, uh, San Bernardino uh, County. And that actually began because of a pyrotechnic device, a celebratory device, kind of like a firework, that was lit off in celebrating a baby shower or a gender reveal party. I don't know if you knew that, Ulysses, but one of those big fires got going because people were, you know, mishandling pyrotechnics in a very dry environment. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that on the news. And, I mean, also, like, uh, you know, I've been, I've been watching the stuff by the National Weather Service, and a lot of those areas have been under, you know, red flag warnings. So that's... Uh, yeah. That is stuff, uh, you know, and, you know, we, we mentioned it here on Delmarva when there's a red flag warning, you you really should try to not do, um, you know, stuff like that with related to fire. And if you do, you have to make sure, you know, you properly uh, put it out, um, you know, because, you know, those, obviously if it's dry, low humidity, especially out west where there is low humidity, the humidity is not like how it is here out, out in the east coast. Uh, you know, those fires will really just, you know, they will spread and they will spread very quickly, especially with that heat out there. So, uh, I mean, I know a lot of those areas out west, they've been under a lot of, you know, red flag warnings day in, day out. I know the Storm Prediction Center, they, they you know, they also put out, they don't just put out, you know, severe weather risk, you know, like our level one marginal slide or whatever, but they also do have a second part, which is fire weather. Um, and I think this is usually critical, elevated, and uh, extreme, I think, is the, the criteria that they have when it comes to, um, you know, the, for fire weather. And right. And, and you mentioned red flag warnings. And, again, when we have red flag warnings, we really want to stress don't burn. Don't, don't throw your cigarette butts, you know, out the window. You should never do that anyway. Um, but you just got yeah. to properly dispose of anything that could potentially start a fire. You know, when red flag warnings are issued, the humidity is typically low, um, the, the area is really dry, and, um, you know, fires can start pretty quickly. And unfortunately, California seems to deal with these wildfires often. You know, they, they don't always happen every year, but it seems like they've, California just has so much that they have to deal with um, when it comes to weather. I mean, they have mudslides, they have record rain, they have heat waves, they have flooding, severe weather, snow. They pretty much have it all over there, and unfortunately, they're really, you know, in the thick of things right now in terms of the heat. And just a few records I wanted to talk about with the heat before we moved on. Um, some areas, again, shattering records in terms of temperatures. Some areas getting up to 122 degrees. Palm Springs, California hit 122, according to the National Weather Service, um, over Labor Day weekend. Uh, Woodland Hills had a high of 118 degrees. San Gabriel Valley uh, saw a temperature of 113. Um, and again, San Francisco um, making it above 100 out there. And again, San Francisco is usually a, a you know kind of a cool, mild climate. They don't always have temperatures, but it was that that high. Uh, but it was actually the first time uh, San Francisco hit 100 since 2017. So yes, they've hit it in recent years, but this was some extreme heat that lasted, you know, for days. And unfortunately with the heat, 
then came the wildfires that we've been talking about. So we're really sending our thoughts, our prayers uh, over towards the West Coast, dealing with the wildfires, dealing with the heat. But it's not just that, Ulysses. We're going from record heat to what's happening now. Well, we're we're dealing with some there you know record lows and even uh, yeah snow, snow. So winter winter weather uh, arriving here in in early September. So uh, ironically, you know the way things are happening, it's uh, you're you're almost right now tempted to see which way you want to follow. Do you want to follow the, the, the you know the tropics or uh, go into winter mode? You know. <laughs> yeah, we have tropical. Uh, we have we're, we're into an interesting dilemma here. <laughs> yeah, tropical weather going on right now in the Atlantic. Several inches of snow going on in Colorado, Wyoming, uh, Utah. Wildfires going on in California, parts of Washington. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on just across the United States and um, areas in the Atlantic, too. Um, but we're going to talk about this powerful cold front because I think for anyone who follows the weather closely, I think especially if you're into the extremes, you usually know, or it's kind of common knowledge that Denver is one of those towns where you can go from like 80 degrees one day to 20s and snow the next day. So I kind of knew that happens, but this was more than that, Ulysses. <laughs> I mean, Denver was over 100 degrees just the other day. Yeah, And, and now they're waking up to snow on the ground this morning in parts of the area. Yes, actually, right. You know, yes. I mean, they're down into the 30s, you know, for highs on, on Tuesday. So, you know, right. I mean, that's, uh, you know, the, the big change. I mean, in a lot of these areas, they were experiencing record warmth, uh, you know, before, you know, this big, before these temperatures crashed down, like, uh, you know, Scott Bluff, Nebraska got up to 105 on Saturday. Uh, even, uh, you know, Rapid City, South Dakota, 104 degrees on Saturday. So, uh, you know, and, and even even as places as far north as, uh, you know, Great Falls, Montana, I got up to 97 on Saturday. So uh, definitely, you know, definitely summer was thriving uh, during the first part of the Labor Day weekend. And, and then, you know, it all came crashing down with this uh, powerful cold front. And, you know, like Daniel just mentioned, the temperatures, the snow, it's just, it's crazy how we went from summer to winter in just, you know, just in a moment's notice. <laughs> we skipped fall. <laughs> right, and for anyone who knows me or have watched, uh, you know, the newscasts, and sometimes I mention, especially when something is happening out west, sometimes I bring up that I used to live in Great Falls, Montana. That was my first TV job. And I know that the cold fronts coming out of Canada mean business, and they are intense. And I remember a time where my window was actually open and I was on my computer and all of a sudden, you know, the wind started blowing and I could hear it out my window. My curtains started blowing around. And at the time, again, my window's open. So we're, I think, 60 something degrees or so. And then that temperature just dropped dramatically into the 20s. And the next day we were below zero. So going from highs in the 60s to below zero the next day, is intense and of course this one we're in september so we're not talking about really intense uh cold temperatures like that but when you go from 100 to 30 degrees you know in just a couple of days that's a, a dramatic shift luckily we're not in the middle of winter because it could be a lot colder right no yeah absolutely definitely if it was the middle of winter 
we would definitely be seeing, uh, you know, uh, wind chill warnings, wind chill advisories all, all over, you know, parts of the, the northern plains and in through the Rockies as well. So, yeah, like you said, it's, uh, it's definitely extreme, but obviously not, you know, the coldest because, you know, it's only September. Right. So I'm going to go through just really quickly Denver the past couple of days. Uh, on Saturday, Denver had a record high of 101. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, they had a high of 97. On Labor Day, they had a high of 93. And on Tuesday, they woke up to a rain-snow mix with a temperature of 33 degrees. And it's been snowing and raining kind of off and on uh, in Denver on Tuesday. And some lingering snow showers even across the area today. And sev- several inches of snow in parts of Colorado. And the snow is still on the ground uh, today. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's the thing though, with that snow. That if uh, any snow that's accumulated, it's going to stick around, uh, you know, just a little bit longer because you know the fact that we, you know the uh, reflection of the sunlight. So that snow is going to take a little bit before it completely melts. But I mean, I still think it's going to melt fairly quickly just because of the fact that it's still summer, the ground is still you know very warm. But you'll still feel a little bit of that coolness around just for a little bit before it all melts away. And what's interesting about the weather, I don't know if you look at it, Daniel, uh, going into the next couple of days, that a lot of these areas are going to be back to like 80 degrees or so by the weekend. <laughs> so, so I mean, this snow, like, you know, like I mentioned, it, it may maybe might just stick around for like a day or maybe even half a day. And then before you know it, it's, uh, it's all melted, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's all gone. I mean, I don't know about you, about you, Ulysses. I mean, you know I love snow. Um, maybe not necessarily snow in the summertime. But I would love to experience this. I mean, to go from highs in the 90s and 100s and then the next day snow, I mean, I feel like that would just be incredible to experience. No, yeah. I, 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 to be honest, I, I would actually like to experience that myself. Uh, I know I have a friend of mine out there. She's, she's out there in, in Colorado right now, and she's, uh, she's actually dealing with it right now. I mean, I just, I've seen her Facebook post the other day. She's, like, you know, like in shorts and everything, and now I saw her <laughs> post in, like, She's wearing, uh, you know, uh, scarves and stuff and, and jackets now. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm also looking at the the Denver airport observations from um, Monday, September 7th. At, at 4 in the afternoon, it was 92 degrees. By 10 o'clock that night, it was 50. And then, again, as I mentioned, the next morning at 7 o'clock, it was 33 degrees. So that temperature yeah. just dramatically dropped. Um kind of in the snap of a finger. And, you know, it's not too rare to see September snow in this part, you know, of the country. Um, but specifically when it comes to Denver, uh, it's pretty rare for September. The last time Denver actually had snow in September, measurable snow, was in the year 2000. So it's been 20 years. And the earliest snow to ever be recorded uh, for Denver was September 3rd. So looks like this will be probably the second earliest snow for Denver. Uh, their average first date for snow is October 18th. I mean, that's really early for us. We don't get snow until December typically, um, sometimes in November. But October 18th is their average first date. So they're well ahead of schedule in terms of snow. Oh, yeah, they are well ahead. Uh, well, I mean, hopefully they're not, they don't uh, – obviously – you saw what happened with us. We got this snow kind of early, and uh, nothing happened to us. But, I mean, 
you know, there are years in, out there in the West. I know uh, there's been a few years where sometimes, uh, yeah, they may get some snow early on, but then, you know, they may not get, they may not get, they might not get some snow as they go into the, the winter months, and that's usually not a good news for those ski resorts. So, uh, you know, just because they're getting snow now doesn't mean that, you know, it's still going to be a promising winter. We'll still see. That's but, true. Uh, I mean, out in the Rocky States, I mean, they, their winters can last from, like, September to June sometimes, you know, depending yeah. depending on where you live. But you're right. I mean, they could have a lot of snow now and then hardly have any snow in the winter. Then they can get a blizzard in the spring. You know, it's just that's the type of weather out there. It's it's crazy. It's it's rare, but not too rare. But for this early in September, it's definitely breaking records. No, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think what's even rare is the fact that I think uh, uh, you know I was looking up one of these climate websites, one of these uh, you know people on Twitter. They you know they do a lot of climate research, and uh, there's there's been places across the country, you know, within the last century where they have gone from 90 degrees to a one day with measurable snow the next day. And a lot of these places are actually in the Rockies. Uh, and yeah. just looking at the, the, you know, the information here, the furthest east, you, the furthest east that's actually happened is in Marquette, Michigan. But most of these places are in the Rockies or in the Plains. Right. So, uh, so these are the, and, you know, a lot of this has to do with just, uh, I kind of mentioned this back when I was doing my weather tidbits a few months ago when I was talking about the climate. Uh, so these, you know, these climates out west, you know, they're, they're, you know, you got the dry climates, the semi-arid climates. You have these continental climates. They're known for, you know, these diverse climates just where you get, you know, hot. But then you can, you know, known for these big temperature swings where temperatures can fall, you know, 60, 70 degrees throughout the year. They're known for, you know, temperature changes really, really quickly with these potent cold fronts. There's, you know, there's no water surrounded by them. So that's why... Uh, these te- this type of cold front is happening for them. And what's interesting about this cold front that we're dealing with right now is that it's actually going to push even into parts of Texas. Like uh, Amarillo, who is in the 90s, is already falling into the 40s on, you know, Tuesday already. So right. they were in the 90s just the last couple of days. So the fact that this is even it, it, digging into parts of, especially West Texas, that's usually where they see a lot more of that colder air. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I noticed that this, this front will begin, uh, you know, will begin to lose its uh, its punch as it pushes further towards the east, and even Del Marva will see this cold front. But a lot of the the juice from this front is gonna, you know, evaporate along the way. So right. Uh, but you know, but definitely the the thing that makes this interesting is the fact that in the, that type of climate supports these abnormal temperature swings, roller coaster rides. Uh, we don't get these as much out east because of the fact that we have Something called humidity. Yeah, <laughs> humidity in a way kind of prevents that from happening as much. Um, right. You know, yes, we do have we do get some cold fronts here on Del Marlo. We get thirty to forty degrees, but it would be really interesting to, for us to even get like a sixty degree swing uh, here on Del Marlo. <laughs> exactly, and and some of these towns, their locations um, relative to Canada. You know, you know they're 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 closer. A lot of those strong cold fronts come racing out of that part of Canada. So those areas really deal with uh, with, the, with these potent cold fronts, these really strong ones. And by the time the ones that enter the Montana area, the Dakotas area, by the time those cold fronts make it here, you're right, it, they lose their punch a lot of the time, even in the winter, but not all the time. And it depends on where yeah. that cold front is coming too. Um, 
where it's coming from can determine how cold we get on Delmarva. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know if you've been following the wind speeds, too. The winds have been incredible. There have been gusts close to 100 miles per hour today with this cold front. I mean, Park Lane, Utah, had a wind gust to 99 miles per hour. Sorry, this was on Tuesday. Um, it's been a little breezy today, too, but Tuesday was the day where these locations had some in incredible winds out there. So I was tracking it all day yesterday. I've been looking at reports today. Luckily, nothing too crazy today, but on Tuesday, close to 100 miles per hour. Salt Lake City, the airport, had winds close to 70. Again, those are gusts. So again, here we go. Heat wave, major cold, snow, dangerous winds, wildfires. You know, it's all kind of happening at once. Pick your, not your preference, but it's kind of like a pick your poison. It's kind of, you know, scary out there across the West. No, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely like, it's like a wheel, uh, you know, like a wheel of misfortune or something you want to call it like that, right, unfortunately. Right. You know? And I don't know if you uh, want to, if you want to explain it just a little bit, if, if, we, if we can jump back to the wildfires just really quickly. So people might uh -huh. understand because a lot of locations are like, uh-oh, we have an east wind today. We're in major trouble. Now, if you live in, on Delmarva, an east wind is actually typically a pleasant wind here. It typically brings in cooler air, sometimes brings us clouds. But areas in Washington, California are very upset when an east wind forms or what they call downsloping winds. And I know you've done uh, a weather tidbits on Santa Ana winds, right? And yeah. what, what happens when those winds go over and drop below or uh, go down a mountain? So, yeah, so those ones are just downsloping winds. And, and those Santa Ana winds are usually common, especially in the Southern California. But And they also actually tend to happen more now, now as we're going into the fall, so September into October. Uh, and, you know, this is actually, you know, downslope winds, mostly usually a, a, uh, an easterly or northeasterly wind that comes down San Bernardino Mountains into the L.A. area. Um, I know that I was also, you know, finding out some information, but, like, uh, L.A. County had its hottest temperature also throughout the weekend. It was, like, 100, 121 degrees. So definitely, uh, yeah, so when it comes to these winds, they're just hot dry winds the humidity really just goes down temperatures go up and especially you know when you have you know droughts or you know near drought conditions it's just going to allow for these fires to just really spread and expand and uh yeah and that's pretty much the setup with the the, the santa ana winds is usually get high pressure um starting to build out especially over the great basin so over utah for example utah wyoming idaho and that, with that, you know, the clockwise rotation, that means that you'll get those winds coming in out of the east or even out of the northeast, and that's what makes it go into parts of Southern California, and that's why you'll see these temperatures, uh, you know, just especially, you know, maybe even sometimes getting as far into the beach as well, like even say Santa Monica, which is right on the coast, they will even get some of that influence as well. But especially those inland areas in Los Angeles, like, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to remember some counties, that, some cities there in California a little bit more towards uh, east of L.A., those areas tend to see those temperatures really go up well into the triple digits, even in going into the month of October. And so when the winds hit the mountains, they go over the mountain and then crash down on the other side of the mountain, right? And that's when the winds yeah. can really speed up and the air kind of compresses and it heats up. And that's why, you know, a lot of that yeah. heat happens out there. And there, there could be a real fire danger out there when it comes to that. Yeah. So. 
That's what we've been dealing with out across California, Washington State, and numerous states out there too. And of course, Tuesday there was snow um, after a record heat occurred across parts of the Rocky Mountain states. So mm -hmm. it's been incredible out there with the wind, the snow, there's been smoke everywhere because of the wildfires. Luckily, this powerful cold front that's bringing the snow is clearing some of that smoke and haze, but there are still lots of wildfires going on and we're definitely thinking about them out, out west. No, yeah, absolutely. Anything else you wanted to add to this podcast, Ulysses? Uh, no, I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, pretty much it. And also, uh, actually, one last little thing. So, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about how, you know, lightning, how just these dry lightning. Sometimes you can even get, uh, I guess, I think I just did it on Tuesday, the weather tip. It's, uh, it was about pyrocumulus clouds. So pyrocumulus clouds, you know, pyro means fire. So, you know, a lot of these wildfires, they will actually produce cumulus clouds, pyrocumulus clouds. And if these pyrocumulus clouds, you know, they build up, they go from, you know, cumulus stage, which are, you know, your small, puffy ones, to congestus, which is, you know, starting to become more uh, towering. And then if they become, a, you know, cumulonimbus, or by this one they'll, call, they'll, call, they'll be called pyrocumulonimbus, um, you know, they'll have lightning on them. And especially if there's no moisture and there's not, uh, you know, rainfall in it, it's just going to be dry lightning, and that's going to actually add more to those fires. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of these lightnings are not thunderstorms, that they're just, you know, building pyrocumulonimbus clouds. Right, exactly. And we've seen fire natos this year, too. Yeah. You know, um, pretty much, you know, from the wildfires, there have been kind of tornadic systems and swirls that look like tornadoes on fire that have been, you know, raging across the West. So, man, if 2020 can just, you know, chill, right? I mean, we're seeing yeah. seeing so much this year. Oh, yeah. So we've definitely seen a, a lot across the across the U.S. Uh, I mean, you know, here on Del Marble, we've had our fair share, obviously, with what we have with Isaias and and the now tornado. out west, you know, they yeah. have, they've had their fair share. So it's, uh, and then obviously in the Gulf Coast with um, with what happened with Laura. So definitely it's, uh, it's been an active 2020 uh, so far. So hopefully hopefully we can catch a break here as we go into the fall. Yeah, let's cross our fingers was, and, and hopefully the entire United States will, you know, try to get a break from a lot of this extreme weather. Hopefully the pandemic will start to improve too. You know, fingers crossed in terms of everything. Uh, we just want to thank everyone again for tuning in. Of course, we're going to be back next Wednesday for another podcast. Uh, be sure to listen, give us a follow, download our episodes. There are so many episodes if you guys want to listen and go back. Um, but, yeah, we're looking forward to doing episode after episode and continuing to talk weather. Let's just hope it's not too crazy, right? Because the East Coast, we're prone to tropical activity, and it is hurricane season. So we're keeping a close eye on the Atlantic, right? Yeah, actually, the, the peak is tomorrow because, you know, today is Wednesday and the peak is September 10th That's and right. that is tomorrow, Thursday. So. It's here. All right. Hang tight, guys. Yep. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday for another episode of WeatherWise, where we <laughs> bring you weather wisdom. I love the dramatic pause, Ulysses. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.